Hi there. Welcome to Austin, Texas. Yeah. Welcome to yeah, our... for now, to Austin. It's for now, Austin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should, we should give our big announcement. Oh, okay. This is, oh, yeah, this is the Anxious in Austin podcast, by the way. Yeah. I'm Dr. Marianne Stout, and this is... Dr. Thomas Smithyman. And we do have a, an announcement that Thomas promises me will not affect our listening or our podcast our listeners or our podcast in any way oh it's gonna it's gonna affect it it's gonna make it better and um yeah because i i am um this way our, our thing being called anxious in austin podcast um i'm gonna move yes so. making us all anxious yeah yeah all of us me, me included um so yeah so I'm, I'm gonna move so i'll be in australia for a bit and then i'll be in new york city after that so so be anxious in e- this is easy. Earth. Easy. Anxious on Earth. Anxious in Austin and anxious in Australia. <laughs> and then we're going to switch to anxious in Austin, nervous in New York. Okay. So it's already, it's, it's already sorted out. Get excited. It's going to be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so there'll be a little bit of technological mm. lining for us as we figure out how to do this over the internet instead of face-to-face, which is fine. Part of the way of the world. Yes. Look at us. Yeah. Like, so especially as I move to doing like future focus anyway right yeah I mean I'm, I'm, I'm moving to doing like a kind of majority online treatment in my future you know so robots are taking over the world yeah so things are moving in that direction anyway we can do it It'll we be can good. do it it's going to be great it'll be good for my low and that open to experience this is a good exposure you're, you're low on <laughs> openness to experiences oh, God. oh really Total. I didn't know oh, that oh my goodness Huh. I hate change. I hate change. Ah, well, but I mean, I'm learning to embrace change. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Mm, I'm really high on that. Really? Yeah. I know. No, I'm I was, super low. You know, <laughs> also high on neuroticism and, you know, <laughs> low on conscientiousness. Yeah. I'm but openness to experience, I was like, yeah, that was probably my highest one. Yeah. No. Yeah. So we, for, for those of you listening... Um, oh, yeah, Big Five. Big Five, this, this is the... Um, the most validated of the personality tests. Um, and I, I think at this point you can pretty easily take it online. This is the, the personality test they use for research. Yeah. Uh, what are all of the five? What's that? What are all of the five? Um, That's so not the topic of our podcast today at all. This is so but but it's, it's, a nice, so it's openness <laughs> to experiences, which is what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. This conscientiousness, which is like following through on tasks and finishing mm-hmm. which is one I'm particularly bad at um, there's extroversion introversion um, there is agreeableness that one I'm super high on yeah me too so like the, how how pushy and uh, are you versus how kind of easily you get along with people and sort of willingness to bend that kind of stuff of flexibility and then neuroticism which is experience of negative emotions. So I'm actually, I should probably take it again at some point because I know that it changes mm-hmm. over time. Sure. Um, yes, yeah, so, so I'm working on my open to experience piece, trying to you. shift that a bit. I, I am, um, I've been working really hard over maybe the, what was it, 20 years since I first took that to try to raise my conscientiousness score. Which I believe was at the, um, the floor. Nowhere <laughs> <laughs> to go but up. <laughs> I may have gotten the lowest score there was at the time in college, but uh, I believe from having worked on it a lot that it's improved. Yeah. 
That one, I mean, I think I've worked on that one over the years as well. Mm-hmm. I have not always been the most conscientious person. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and neuroticism, I bet that's changed too. Yeah. Being a therapist for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> working on myself constantly, mm-hmm. I imagine that's probably lowered. Sure. Yeah. And it's hard to be a hypocrite, right, when you're encouraging others mm-hmm. for these things to not embrace totally. it yourself. Yeah, I try to, like, I don't know if you have this rule too, but I try to have a rule of not recommending anything that I haven't done to myself. Oh, totally. Yeah, that feels icky, that cognitive dissonance piece, right? Mm -hmm. You're suggesting something for someone and you wouldn't do it yourself. Totally. It feels wrong. Um, How do we segue this into our topic for today? Um, So. (laughs) (laughs) Therapy? We we can do this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, basically how we choose topics. We're like, what are we into at the moment? Mm-hmm. What's what's kind of grabbing our attention? Yeah, what, attention? what conversations come up? What, what do our minds tend to focus on? Because mm-hmm. we're always thinking about something. I feel like I've done the past few, mm-hmm. and you were saying you really were into group therapy. Mm. That's like where your your brain was going. Um, so. Sure, yeah. No? Well, I mean, I... The topic came up just because I think we were talking so much about oh, okay. about like our our group became sort of this this real focus because we were getting really full, mm-hmm. um, but also we were getting full at the time when I was planning to move and leave, and so there's a lot of group uh, dynamic things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the group was just it's just so it's so nice right now. It's very rich. Yes. Oh, we should. It's a great group. It really is. A, it's a it's a great group right now. I really enjoy it. We should clarify. We co-lead not only this amazing podcast, but yeah. also a similarly monikered group mm-hmm. yeah. here at the Anxiety Treatment Center. Which is kind of like this podcast grew out of yes, our group. the group and our discussions we have in group. And yeah, Marianne like translated that into, hey, let's turn this into a, a podcast. Yeah. Yes. So, um... Like maybe some psycho ed is helpful to begin with, like different types of groups and what group therapy yeah. is and sure. yeah. such. Um, so what do you know about that? Yeah, uh, open groups, closed groups. Okay. So our group is an open group, kind of new members can join whenever. Versus closed groups are more like all group members typically start at the same time, and mm. often they like run for like a set amount of sessions like a 12 week group or something and then they finish at the same time um you might have like drop off along the way Mm -hmm. um but for like our group the anxious and austin group it's an ongoing group so we've been doing this i think it's like five or six years i want to say this group has been going yeah because i was i joined because you had the group yeah with, with my old roommate Pete to begin with, right? Who's a psychologist? That makes it sound really Another psychologist. Another psychologist. You guys started it, yeah, and then I joined um, when we were still in the building next door. Yes. So that's at least... Oh, wow. You joined when we were still in the... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's three and a uh, half years ago, yeah. three years yeah. ago. Four years, maybe? I it think feels like it's we moved month. here when I had my second daughter. When I went on to maternity leave, and that was three and a half years ago. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so that's an open group. So that group has just been going that whole time. It's just been going. And so we don't have have any members from the very beginning of that group. No. Um, 
but we have plenty of members who've been there for a long yeah for like multiple, years multiple years yeah um so yes just group members kind of keep coming as there are open slots yeah um so open versus closed uh support groups versus therapy groups mm. i think could be helpful like mm-hmm. um support groups aren't always therapist led necessarily mm-hmm. um and um like i don't even some of this right like more dynamic groups where they're working on like the relationship of the group versus a more like didactic or treatment oriented group mm-hmm. which is what we do yeah. where like we are actively doing treatment in the group mm-hmm. the, the focus is not the relationship of the group members. Yeah, that's not the focus of the yeah. treatment. Although... Even though it's a, f- a, a factor, like it a significant factor. It is definitely factor. a significant factor, yes. Um, especially as we've gotten bigger, like, the treatment portion gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Like, our active pieces that we're doing, like, exercises for totally. and experiential work on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are things... Uh, groups are usually a little longer than individual therapy. Individual mm-hmm. sessions are usually like 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And our group's, what, 75? Yes. Although in reality, it's like 85. Yes. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And when we, yeah. When we can. You need to find a way to get to the end. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I think those are some of the big ones. Am I? Okay. Oh, ours is also a cognitive behavioral therapy group, so different ones have different treatment focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and ours isn't, we have the specific topic of anxiety, mm-hmm. but it's pretty broad within the and OCD. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like you cannot, we're exclusionary if you have anxiety and something else. Mm-hmm. We say no, you can yeah, join. So, so some other stuff comes in. Yeah, so as it's well, pretty but, broad. But we, we really focus treatment wise on this one piece. Yes, but I will say, even within that, it's not like only social anxiety or only specific phobia or something like mm-hmm. that because there are a lot of treatment groups that are specific to like an OCD group or things like yeah. that. Um, and yeah, so ours is, I was, yeah, so it's trans-diagnostic anxiety because yes. yeah. you say it's general anxiety, that means something else. That means, <laughs> that means it's a group anxiety. on treating generalized anxiety. anxiety. Sorry, yes. So it's trans-diagnostic anxiety. Yes. Um, which is interesting when I was doing my extensive research on groups um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the meta-analyses looked at um, the most effective groups were those that were a mixed gender which we had oh okay um, had better results than um, all female or all male groups so significantly better when it was mixed gender yes for and this is Across the board. Across the board. Yes. Fascinating. Okay. Um, and, oh, if they were homogeneous, which I don't know if we would count as homogeneous, like uh, symptom-wise, diagnoses-wise, if they were homogeneous, had better outcomes. So I'm not sure if we would really count in that since anxiety. Yeah. And it depends how specific yeah. they are about what, what, what counts, counts as, as homogeneity. Yeah. yeah, and symptoms. Yes. So those are, uh, there's one other piece too. Homogeneity... Gender. Mm-hmm. Let me let me consult my notes here. Um, yeah. Oh, an outpatient versus like in a oh, hospital sure. or in a even yeah. like in a school counseling center. Uh-huh. So outpatient were more effective. Yes. So more effective when it was you're all working on the same thing. Mixed gender. You mix the genders, and it's in an outpatient center. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So interesting. That's, yeah, that, that is interesting. Um. What? Yeah, I'm curious. Uh huh. 
what made you so curious or so interested in group? What makes you oh, like group? Oh, I don't group? know. I mean, like for us to talk about or just group in general? Uh, both. Mm, um, I mean, it was just, I, as far as I was talking about it, I was just inter- inter- interested to kind of explore the, the idea, I think, because so, so much was coming up. But it is like, it, it's a, I think it was, it's a different, um, it's a different animal to the individual therapy, right? Totally like different. All the stuff we talk about is like, we don't talk about the group aspect. We end up talking about the individual because we have one, like, we have one group a week and all the rest is individual sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, yeah, time-wise it doesn't take a lot of time, but it's such a different experience kind of in the midst of everything else we do that I find that interesting. I'm just curious to kind of talk about like um, what like just to really tell people that this thing exists mm. and how it works and how it might be different and maybe that should be something they consider for themselves yeah. so thinking about that um, I've also been like I've been doing groups like for ages yeah like ages and ages. I feel like it's hard to go through. You can't go through uh, a doctoral and process in psychology and not mm. lead a group. It's like yeah. you have to have a class on it. And good luck trying to go through like an internship or something and not <laughs> like made to lead a group. I mean, I I have sought out groups a lot of times. Oh, okay. Because there's some I don't know. There's something about it. I think maybe because so much of my focus is social. Oh and yeah. And so a group is inherently yeah. It's like a exposure yeah waiting. it's inherently an exposure and it's inherently going to bring out all these social dynamics and like people's uh, social stuff will be occurring and I can see it occur mm-hmm. at the time and you, like I've seen people have these really important experiences of where they um, work on some issue in the context of a bunch of other people and the other people's reactions um, are going to be like cause this big change. Yeah. Well, yes, right? That's like the, one of the benefits of group is like, especially as a therapist, it's mm-hmm. different getting self-report from your client, like what they say happens. Totally. Versus when you actually see it in yeah, the moment see happening. It, see it functioning. In a group. Mm-hmm. And I think too, there's the, if you're getting like feedback and things from people, like you get the, the response, like, you know, the response of actual people. Um, you know, because so much of the work that we're doing, right, it's cognitive behavioral, so um, we we want to identify what people's beliefs are and then have them test out those beliefs in behavior, in reality. Um, and it's this is an arena in which that can happen, and you're getting you're testing it out with a whole bunch of individual people. So when your belief system doesn't add up to sure. the evidence available. Um, it can be really convincing when you've got eight people who are like giving you different information than your anxious brain believes. Sure. In a way that that, that feels to me different than if I just say it. Yes. Because you're paid to say it, or you're yeah. a therapist. Yeah, and or I'm, I'm just one person, and, I, and I'm to discount I'm, it. Yeah, I'm not really a full normal human because yes. I'm a therapist, so yes. I don't represent other people or you know there's there's ways of kind of dismissing my belief totally um which is why a lot of times we go to the research on it but we haven't tested but in a group setting other people who are <laughs> you're not paying to say this 
will be like, no, that, I, I don't see that at all. I, I perceive you in a really different way. Um, and I think that's pretty powerful. Like, yeah. I really like it in group when somebody reveals something that they perceive as a big flaw or there's something that's wrong with them or they tell people, I see myself this way. Mm-hmm. Anytime they reveal those deep, vulnerable, vulnerable personal things and they get the other group members' feedback on it, I just love when those things happen. Yeah. Well, it makes me think two things. First of all, you need the right group, right? Right group mm-hmm. members. Uh-huh. Like I think the makeup of group is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it also, of course, makes me think of like self-compassion, right? This piece that like I'm not alone in my suffering yeah. and how I could be kinder to myself and having that modeled of all these people are being kinder to me. Um, mm-hmm. So this is what it would look like to be kinder to myself. Yeah. And like group inherently, like the whole point is to see like I am not alone in my suffering like other people. That's a big one. Yes, because there's this yeah. like secrecy and shame yeah. of the suffering where no, it's just me. I'm the only bad one. I can't Everyone's let anybody see this. Yes. I, and I'm this and I'm screwing up. I'm hearing my insides to so their outsides, right? I see, I see perfection in everyone else and mm-hmm. in me this flaw and so it's a great place where people get to see their insides compared to other insides yeah yeah access to stuff which is again kind of why us as individuals we are special cases because we get to see people's insides oh, more yes. often mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't mm-hmm. so in this group setting all of a sudden it's okay to do this and people taking these risks together of being authentic and showing their vulnerabilities and you know that comment all the time of like oh I would never have thought this person who looks like this and is so this also has the same thing that I have mm-hmm. and then so you get that real idea of other people are in it with you and they seem to be worthwhile people sure which right? is like even research shows is like one of the most important aspects of therapy um of group therapy is that oh they can identify with one another right like and there's um a lot of research showing that like it's not even necessarily like what you're talking about like what the group is specifically working on but just seeing that like i am similar to this person or they get it Mm. they can like understand what i'm like and i think it does that piece of like putting some light on shame right like putting some light on that secret that you have yeah that like it's not it's not just me it's not something I need to hide totally that's great yeah and, and I think that combined with the having other people be not shaming mm-hmm. in response to it and being actually you know um Supported. compassionate yes. caring I think that's it's a huge it's a huge piece of it yeah um, I get, yeah, I think it's, it is tough as a group leader, um, and a lot of the research looked at, uh, having two group leaders is more effective than one. Oh, interesting. Yes, because, oh. and this is, really speaks to, like, my anxiety about groups. Yeah. It's because there's a lot, it's rich, right? There's a lot going, a lot on. going on, there's a lot to manage, and yeah. so... Even like the most skilled therapist, right? It, you can miss things happening in a group if it's just you, and so it's helpful to have another set of eyes to like catch stuff that you miss. 
that makes a lot of sense. Because when it's like individual, like it's harder to miss stuff when you're just looking <laughs> yeah. at one person. <laughs> yeah, it's, whereas when there's dynamics of yeah eight people at once. Sure. Yeah, you can't catch everything, and so having another person in there. So it's more so more, more effective. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, interesting. Yes, better outcomes. Well, that's that, that's good. That's good to hear. It also makes it more fun. Yes, I personally agree. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it speaks to my anxiety about being able to manage so many people. Mm-hmm. I feel less pressure. Yeah. Knowing that you're there, and that like, mm-hmm. okay, if I miss something, he'll catch it, or. Even, like, yeah, if I make a mistake or something, it's not like somebody else will, <laughs> like, help mm-hmm. out in some way. Um, and and you're not alone then in that, like, I have to be this separate person from the group. Like, there's mm-hmm. an... Yeah, you can dip into it a little more easily. Yeah. Yeah. There's somebody else who's like me mm-hmm. in this group, which is sort of like its own group yeah. therapy. Yeah, that's way, true, right? It's, 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 its own, yeah, its own aspect of that. Yes. Um, so do you see yourself doing groups in the future? I do, I do, yeah. I, I really enjoy them. Um, I didn't always at first. It was really, like, it's a lot of pressure to try to manage all of this stuff simultaneously. But um, when I was uh, doing all that Asperger's autism work, mm-hmm. I was doing so many groups, so many groups. Um, and, like very challenging groups in a lot of ways so I think that that kind of like got me into it built your muscle up yeah I was just like basically it was a whole bunch of exposure to groups and so I got pretty habituated to it and um so yeah now now I I like them I like them and I've done some really interesting groups in my time how so? like, like I did the um well I've done obviously like a lot of social skills groups which are more like almost classes? Well, I mean... That becomes... Sure, but if you're doing social skills groups, the majority of the learning's not... Got it. ...didactic lessons that you, people write notes on. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a particular idea that we're working on, and but all of the learning is what's happening in the group. Like, all the social skills training is how people are interacting with each other in the moment. And like kind of intervening on that, and like modeling things, and encouraging interactions, and it's it's really like a lot more here and now, which is interesting, right? Because you think of that as being more like an interpersonal, yeah, like a, pro, a process kind of group. Mm-hmm. But with social skills, that's what ends up happening. You might intend it to be lesson instruction, but it's really here and now interaction and fostering connection. So I really. It's hard work, but I really enjoyed that. Um, so a lot of those groups, I've done multiple like dating anxiety groups, which obviously I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've done really. What do those look like? Oh, um, I mean, it depends. It depends. It was, it was, uh, it looked different in the Asperger autism community because um, it was a lot more concrete. Um, and how so? Like you'd have specific things for them to. Well, it was. It was practice? like. Um, sort of more like rules mm. like, like let's make some explicit rules about how things have to be so as to not veer into doing stuff that like crosses someone's boundaries mm. or is like would make some, example? Um, uh, I never do this work yeah 
I mean, it might be like how often to contact somebody. Okay. You know, or like what what are the signals that are telling you the person is being nice to you but is not interested in continuing or kind of wants to end the conversation. Got it. Um, because yeah, when you know, goal is like that. How how to increase connection without overstepping boundaries because you don't realize that that's a boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of explicit stuff like that. Um, and, the, and the idea of like, well, let's increase the amount of warmth. You know, like what are people looking for when they are interacting with you? Some, some more like sort of concrete social skills, mm-hmm. but in a dating arena. Um, and how do you have the like in the moment interaction of that? I mean, we would... Oh, like like what X just said to Y person well, I mean the, is a demonstration of warmth or yeah how'd that make you feel I mean, when they you can still this? practice those mm. those things I mean the one of the great myths of dating stuff is that it's a different set of social skills to peer connection like it's the same thing it's the same like if you um, if you think of dating as being really different to socialising with somebody then you're more likely to get really anxious about it. Mm, Whereas if you just look at it as like, oh, it's the same set of skills, but I'm just attracted to this person too, then it's going to, it's not that different. Which really feeds into like all the Gottman, I just did a CEN, like all the Gottman, uh, you know, people who look at divorce rates and everything like that Mm -hmm. for uh, relationships. And that's all their research is like the, what do they call them? The, masters, people who are have great relationships that stay married. Mm-hmm. It's all like people who have really deep, solid friendships with each other. That is interesting. Hmm. Yeah. But also, uh, yeah. Not to go on that tangent, but it, it does raise one of my issues with the Gottman stuff, which is that it's all about friendship and it's as though there's no sex involved. What? That's what they say? I mean, is, is, isn't that... One of the things, like, I, I haven't done the Gottman trainings, but oh. it's so focused, from at least the stuff that I read, it wasn't, like, the sex part wasn't front oh, and center. focused, yeah. Like, it was almost unmentioned, at least the stuff I came across. Oh, yeah. Which to me seems weird in a marriage therapy, but... Yeah. Apparently it works for them. <laughs> at least those the people, at least the measures they're looking at. Yeah. They stay married. Right? As they're married, right? Maybe it's a sexless marriage. Yeah. yeah. I never really... I don't know. I never Maybe really... Maybe the sex comes out of friendship. I, I, I don't know. Pay attention the, to that. But, but I, I haven't... I have two books that I haven't read on it, so... <laughs> it's on my, they've been on my bookshelf for like 10 years. Well, so. it just speaks like all this stuff about like curiosity, being very curious about the other person yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to like deeply understand them and, mm-hmm. you know, what their interests are and... Which is like kind of speaks to what you're talking about of like totally. similar skill and friendship, similar skill and like socializing. Totally, yeah. It do, it does remind me that like one of the other like interesting groups I did was um, a PTSD couples group therapy. Ouch! Wow. Yeah, like how many category overlaps is, is that? You know, what's the Venn diagram of that particular group? So it was and very specific in like how you recruit for that group mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you're disqualified. Yeah, it's, it's basically yeah. You've <laughs> got to have all these things going on simultaneously, um, and obviously the VA is the place yep. to do that one. Mm-hmm. But it was a group for couples where one of them had PTSD, and it was causing issues, and they wanted to work on it in a group setting. 
which was great. Yeah. It was, like, fascinating. It was great. Yes. You know, like, the, the you know, because I think being in a relationship where someone has PTSD, it's a lot of yeah. particular kinds of stress and issues. Yes. And to have other people that... To see it. Like, yes, that's I exactly what it. I go through. Yes. We do this thing. We are, yeah, we yeah. feel so weird and isolated, and here's other people who, like, get it. And like I can't help group. but think that group, because it was this really pretty impactful group, mixed gender mm, yeah very specific very topic, homogenous homogenous group right and uh two therapists huh yeah. so effective so effective right was was there some other criteria outpatient oh well okay kind of everything yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it is it was outpatient people which is in a hospital they weren't uh, they weren't inpatient they oh. weren't hospitalized oh. so outpatient at a hospital Ish. yeah yeah Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've done a lot of interesting groups. Like I got to do my. Uh, I actually picked UT Austin um, as an internship site partly because they had so many group opportunities, and I wanted those wow. because because I, I care so much about the social stuff. Wow. Yeah. So I actually went and sorted out, and the idea that you could choose whatever group you wanted to do, and in fact, I was allowed to start my own groups. Yes. So. I did uh, Diana, Dr. Dama, the, the... Perfectionistic. Yeah. I mean, she did the, the talk of perfectionism. <laughs> oh, okay. You're, like, you're a perfectionistic lady. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah. like, she did her podcast yeah. on perfectionism. So she had a um, build your social competence group. Um, and so I led that with her. And then she let me do an advanced social anxiety group, which was all about behavioral experiments, which was yeah. about you know, figuring out what the fears were and going out into the world to test those fears out with a series of experiments. Which was great that I was allowed to go do that. That's a, that's a wonderful group for me. And then she let me do a third group, um, which was a dating anxiety for college students, which was a very, a very different feel. Um, yeah. But really cool. Like, people really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I got to kind of put all my all the ideas I've been researching into action in a group setting, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, w- what's your group I, stuff? Yeah. Well, I'm so glad. This is probably why this group has, I've done this group for so long, because I am not a group therapy person. Mm. Uh, despite my uh, yeah. on book here on my bookshelf. Is that the massive book on the yeah, bookshelf? Yeah. Yes. The have, you, have you read that group? massive book? Y- yeah, not recently, oh, okay. but yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, no wonder you're proudly displaying it over there. <laughs> it's big. Yeah. Um, I remember it being fascinating. Um, I yeah. I think I feel a little overwhelmed by group. I think like having a co-leader mm-hmm. and having it be more treatment focused as mm-hmm. opposed to process focused helps my own like anxiety about leading a group yeah. for sure because yes I think I tend to often feel overwhelmed by like being able to manage all the different dynamics going on in a group um yeah. I've done tons tons of group. I mean at UT I did um two practicum at UT and my postdoc at UT in the counseling center so I've done anxiety groups mm-hmm. um I did an act for anxiety group except and commitment therapy for anxiety group oh, at that's um, interesting, UT huh? Dallas in, huh. when I was an intern, um, which was fun-ish 
Let's move on. Yeah, I, I was fun to teach the concept of act. Uh-huh. Like again, like I don't know that I've had great modeling on how to manage all the dynamics of what's going on in a group. Mm. Always. Um, I think you do a really good job of it, of like modeling it, like of um, ma- managing the interactions, but also being like guiding but not shaming mm. in like, you know, when people like <laughs> go too long or people aren't interacting enough of like, you know, kind of politely and in a caring way kind of saying like, okay, let's wrap up or encouraging people to have more crosstalk and interaction and support. Mm. Um, mm. That sounds good to you. Yeah. It's yeah. hard for me to do that in like a group setting. I'm much more comfortable doing that one-on-one. I'm which, just, which is probably for me doing all those years of social skills groups. Yeah. yeah. And probably like my own personality, right? Like my agreeableness. Like I don't enjoy interrupting people mm. or yeah, like, yeah. I speak <laughs> to my own like dynamic in a group. I, I, uh, I have a problem interrupting too much. No, it, it, I have not noticed that, groups, but it, um, so, yeah. it, it works well. Um, and in my group therapy class in grad school, we had to do a group. Do a group? Be in a group. Like the group there, half, class of, the class, a, yes, a, half of it a was a didactic class. Half of it was we were a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and How'd that go? It was hard. Yeah, it was not my favorite experience. I learned a lot, Mm -hmm. but it was not... Mm. I think the the leader was pretty hands-off, and I didn't feel very safe. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think that has colored some of my interaction, or my... Did did you have a... um, It was not a professor. It was an outside therapist came in. Did you have a a group as party, like... Uh, as part of your internship, did you have a sort of intern support group? Yes. How was that? That was awesome. Okay. That was fantastic. Because we, we had that for, uh, you know, at, yeah. at UT from, and I loved that. That was wonderful. Well, I also, yeah, my cohort was very small. There were only three of us, and oh, we were okay. fantastic, and our some yeah, of my closest my, friends. My group was fantastic, too. So The group, yeah, the group leader was fantastic. And same, same. All of a sudden, it was, like, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, that that was, but that that felt different because we were friends. Yeah, it wasn't just a group. It wasn't a just group. a group. Yeah, it was like yes. spent a lot of time, and this was a chance to really focus on. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It, I think that's colored my group experience because I had such a good I really appreciated it and really enjoyed it. And honestly, all of my internship was basically one year long. Oh yeah. You know, interpersonal process group. It was. Oh I, sure. It was wonderful. I had a great time. That yes, but that felt yeah. That was really different. Those weren't yeah. like strangers that I. I mean, I guess they were because I didn't know them before. But yeah. we weren't just doing a group together. We were doing so many things together. Yeah. It and, did, I mean, honestly, it does make me curious. Like maybe at some point with my own therapy, I'll do a group again. Like I've been thinking so that's about the it. only group basically that you've done yourself. Yeah, like, remember of yeah, remember of. I mean, we we had the same thing in grad school, with the learn about group and be a group, mm-hmm. and it was awful. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it was it's just, just awful. Setup just this. awful. Like it was a. You. It, it was a. But you're being graded on it. Component to it. Oh, we were not graded on the being a group. Oh, it was. How a, are you graded on being I, a group? Oh my god, it was the worst. It was. 
Like people were um, like, whether or not you participate. I mean, or I, like. Okay, so I'm I'm not sure if the being graded on it was explicit or implicit. Oh. But it was in it was in the group. Okay. And so people were like performing, performing, and it's you know, uh, people that do clinical psychology graduate school are anxious overachievers yes and so they were anxiously overachieving group therapy Mm -hmm. it was like you know the first session everyone's like talking about their worst family things and it was like oh well I had this happen and then each person was like it was it was anyway (laughs) it was it was not a fun experience yeah um and it was yeah and it was led by like a grad student the year above or something oh my gosh I know it was I was very eager for that to finish huh it was mine the class I didn't take it with my cohort I don't remember why I think I Mm. took a different class while they were doing that Mm. and so I took it with like a different group of students Mm, okay um, it was like a summer course that I took so it was like a lot of different people okay that's that's interesting then so that gets out of some of those dynamics yeah but I, I do think like that that was a fake that was a fake group. It's yeah, a weird yeah, fake group, but it really was a class. That aside, like I've really I've I just mm. I I personally really enjoyed it. I enjoy leading it and seeing what it does, and I just see how much benefit people get out of it. And again, I think a piece of that is I'm so social anxiety focused mm-hmm. and socially focused mm-hmm. that it is this arena in which you know you I, I, I think people thrive on social connection. Of which course. is why I care about things I care about, and in a group, you actually can have that happen, like in the in the moment. You can see people get this thing that we is a fundamental need for us. But I do think part of that too, like kind of what we're talking about, is that I think you it's like part of the makeup of the group, right? Because right, mm. like the groups we've done a couple of groups, been in groups that were not that great. But I think part of it is like how it's mm. set up, because things that I even in doing our own group over the years, things that I pay more attention to or I work on, um, like before people enter the group, mm-hmm. like thinking about talking to people about, obviously like keeping confidentiality for one another since they are not legally required to keep confidentiality, yeah. um, to help keep it a safe space in making sure that people know up front, like we require people to have like affirming language. We want it yeah. to be a safe space, like kind of putting sure, yeah. those norms in place ahead of time, I think are very important. Yeah. So you have this expectation. Mm-hmm. That, so yeah, like, it, it creates an environment that allows that, yeah. that safeness and connection. Yes. Yeah. Cause, cause you can't feel, um, connected and get all that need met if you don't feel safe because then your threat system's on. Yes. So yeah. specifically trying to set up a, a situation where that threat system is decreased and their affiliation one can kick in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I think sometimes too, and maybe I'm inaccurate in this, but I think sometimes in some process groups too there can be like a, yeah, talk about some of the things you don't like and, and it doesn't always feel like a safe space Mm -hmm. um and so i think that can be a difficult part of it if it isn't set up as like hey this is to be a a place where like right learning and encouragement and growth yeah and that doesn't really happen when you're shamed for being vulnerable that makes a lot of sense yeah which comes back to the right takes a lot of coaching then by the therapist and the group leaders Mm -hmm. And I think part of, yeah, your skill of being able to say, like, 
hey, let's stop this now, or hey, let's move in this direction, right, is really, I think, important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Groups are cool. <laughs> um, any, any other uh, interesting research you've come across? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of it was that both individual and group are effective. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, group is cheaper. Let's throw that out there. Group is cheaper, definitely. That's, that's the one. It, it, like my take, at least, I don't know what the research says. My take is um, some people get a whole out of group, some people get, a, get a less out of group. Um, if you can do the individual and group, that yes, you got the best. there wasn't a ton of research on that, but a lot of just you know stuff that is published says that that is like the preferred route of doing it's, is it's that great, like it's great, yeah. having it and that's what we talk about in our group mm-hmm. too um in the spiel i give everybody when they join is that having an individual therapist in addition to group therapy is super helpful because a lot of times group brings things up for people and they don't get the individual attention in group mm-hmm. to talk about it and really explore it mm-hmm. um and so having another place where you get to be the center focus is is helpful yeah. But yeah, but de- definitely, it's, can kind of see that stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, one said that most effective groups have a common identity and a sh- sense of shared purpose, according okay. to some meta-analyses. Um, so they feel like they're working toward something, right? We're all doing this thing the, together. The, that makes sense. Um, the you know financial. Oh, another one. Definitely financial. Yes. It's cheaper. Um, Another big thing was that uh, people can um, model, right? Like you see, oh, this other person is similar to me in some ways, and look, they're doing better. Uh Look, their symptoms are improving, or Mm -hmm. or they're tolerating distress well, or what have you. And so there's this piece of like, oh, maybe I can do it too. I think that's one of the really nice things about having an open group. Right? Sure. Is there's there's people in the group who are like, oh, I remember when mm-hmm. I was in that same spot you're in and I was feeling this, but I kept working on it and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. So you, you get that scaffolding yep. that, like kind of concept kicking in. Yeah. Because you really do, you, like our group's nice because there are people who've been at it for a while and are like, have made so much improvement and they're and able like to tell them people not to that. leave so that they can be that yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's, I think it's helpful for them, it's helpful for the whole yeah. group. You know, well, that was another that. piece too, yes, that not only are you receiving support, but you're also giving support. And I yeah. do think that's why the people who are doing a lot better stay in group because it feels good. That's rewarding. Yes, to give support to others. That's, that's actually a really good point, right? Because like part of the need is not just to. Yeah, the human get. need to be accepted, but it's to be accepting and to be caring. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's really rewarding for us. Um, I think this talks to like that shared need, but it just says mm-hmm. that the therapeutic alliance that occurs in groups is broader than for individual therapy. So same kind of thing. Like we have this mm-hmm. shared purpose, yeah, the shared connection. Sure, yeah. Um, basically, group therapy helps individuals develop communication skills and socialization skills. I think that's yeah. what you are yeah. So that's speaking to that's why the social. The social pieces, yeah. For, for social anxiety, really a good thing to think about. I I will be doing, I'm assuming, social anxiety-specific groups, which I really look forward to, because any group with me ends up being a social at least anxiety partly group? a social anxiety group. I don't have it... Oh, yes, I do. Um, so, in this one meta-analysis that looked at uh, standards for efficacy... Mm-hmm. Um, 
exceeded the specific standards for depressive disorder, major depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, panic disorder, PTSD, social phobia, OCD, bulimia, binge eating disorder, substance use disorder, schizophrenia, borderline personality disorder, and general personality disorder. So those okay. are some specific studies. So those some that particular that studies where, where it's been... So let's just say it's somewhat... It's, it's, it's good, effective. It's effective. There's yeah. Um, yes, okay. and in looking at like individual versus group, a lot of them were like there's mixed results. Um, yeah, but it did like looking at pre and post that there was improvement, and looking yeah. at group versus wait list, like treatment totally. versus wait list yeah. improvement. So it works. My, yeah, my kind of reading of stuff is like yeah, compared to other treatment conditions, group's great. Um, you're not gonna go. You're not gonna say it's better than individual just because yeah. the research is like kind of it's, you know it's not going that direction mm-hmm. but it's certainly cheaper so if you want to do that great if you want to like do a bit of individual and switch to group I have people do that a lot start yeah. with individual and once they got a lot of stuff taken care of go into group so effective good yeah and you get a different experience sure it's yeah different I think there's probably different gains you can get from yes. individual versus well, group. I mean, I always think of it and recommend it for people when they especially are dealing with, like, shame. shame kind of what we talked about right, last time with the relationship with your anxiety and that shame piece yeah. that people get to of, like, I shouldn't have this or this shouldn't, you know, I should outsmart this or I should be logical enough What's to What's wrong with me that yes. I have this, right? That and kind of so, stuff. like, seeing, like, there, are, you are not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. Like, the way that you think of mm-hmm. yourself, like... Totally. And these people that you respect... Yes. Deal with right similar with struggles. And yeah. so I think it's yeah, so great... That's a big part of it. ...for that, um, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Any last thoughts or anything? Um... Join a group? Oh, uh... <laughs> join a group. What is... There's a great website to look. If you go on APA.org, mm-hmm. uh, it will give you some good references to groups. There's a big... It will um, mm. it will give you some good ways to access groups in your area. There is also, I'm totally blanking on the name of it, The um, there's a group, an organization specifically for group therapy. Just for group therapy? Yes, and I can't. Ah, I'm okay. blanking on it. If you Google group therapy, it'll come up. Yeah. I, I've heard people in other podcasts say, just look in the show notes and there you'll find the link. Yes. Um, is that something yeah, we could say? Yeah. We, we have a technical ability totally. to do that? Sure. Okay. I will learn how to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, uh, keep keep sending us uh, questions and uh, yes. topic ideas. Yes. We, we've actually we'll been getting, getting some, some of those. Love it. So we're going to start doing that stuff. Um, you can find me at thomassmithyman.com, I assume. Yes. Okay. And I am Marianne at anxietyaustin.com. Well, that's an email address. Yes. That seems oh. accurate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or you can look at anxietyaustin.com mm-hmm. and learn more about our practice. Yeah. Okay. Talk to you Sounds soon. Good. Thanks yeah. so much. Tell us how your group goes. <laughs> <laughs>